0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Healthy Obsession. I am Chris and I'm Hayden, and this week we are discussing what is going on with Lola Bunny's new design, uh, what's happening with Crunchyroll's new beta website, and we talk for a very, very long time about the entirety of One Division now that it's wrapped up. Uh, so this fucking Lola Bunny thing, right? Dude, it's wild. <laughs> uh, when did you watch Space Jam? Um. I watched it when, like could you even pinpoint an age? I was probably like 8
1: like okay. maybe a little younger. I was When did it come out? Jesus, I actually don't even remember when.
0: <laughs> That's a good question.
1: Oh, hold on. Give me a like, 95 I think it is. Yeah, 96. So um I would actually probably been 5. So by 99 I'd probably seen it.
0: Yeah, I I have to imagine I would have been something similar. That's crazy though. So I was I was born 95. And then we had Space Jam on VHS. And I know we watched it a lot, but I, I I wouldn't even be able to pinpoint. That movie must have been kind of old by the time I watched it. I mean, I know I didn't own it. I think I had a um, recorded version of it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, even then, I knew Lola Bunny was sexy, right? Like, I knew it was weirdly sexy. I, I, I remember watching it and being like, she, why is she, like, kind of hot?
1: But then, like, <laughs> was so young that I didn't... I wasn't like, oh, she's hot.
0: It's like, this is interesting. <laughs> there, There's an amazing trend that I see go around online occasionally that's like, who's your first cartoon crush? Lola Bunny, and, maybe. And, like, aside from it being Lola a lot of the time, the weird thing is, a lot of times, it's just other anthropomorphized characters. Like, it- a few people have the normal pick of Jessica Rabbit, but so many others are Lola or Gadget Hackwrench from Rescue Rangers, right? No, I don't know what the fuck that is. Okay, well, you you would. You would know who Gadget is anyway. I don't know, because I don't know what Rescue Rangers is. You don't know what
1: Chip and Dale? Yeah, no, that's not me, dude. No. All right, you're an animal.
0: <laughs> Hold on. But like the, it's it's a weird thing with kids movies, like at least in the '90s and 2000s, that they had to have a weirdly really hot animated character, and I don't I don't understand. It turned the generation into furries. I'm convinced.
1: <laughs> I mean, just thinking back to like that first scene when she shows up and she just like, I'm pretty sure she just schools everyone in the gym, and then Bugs is like, "Wait, what? Um, I'm horny." Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which, I mean, aside from being very cool that they introduced a long-standing now character to the Looney Tunes roster in a fucking joke movie. Yeah. <laughs> but now they're trying to fix that design. And on the one hand, I get it. But then also, I don't think you can. Because, I mean, aside from just being very curvy, there are things about Lola's character design that are inherently, like, hot. You know? you can't You can't put that rabbit back in the hat.
1: Yeah, Like, she's here. She's gonna be hot. I also just, like, from, I think everyone's just going off of
0: just this, the one screenshot of her, aren't they? Uh, no, I think someone involved said that they were purposefully trying to desexualize her. Oh, I get that, but I mean, like, they,
1: they have that, but then they're also just referring to the one screenshot of her. And I'm like, why is everyone like, oh, they, she doesn't have as big of tits this time okay that's fine like you said she didn't need to be that hot it was doesn't make any sense for a movie to come out in the mid 90s to have a like super sexualized character in a kids movie yeah like why
0: did parents need fan service like that (laughs) someone in Hollywood is a furry and they're either convinced that everyone else is or everyone else needs to be that's that's my stance that's what I believe Yeah,
1: I just, I just like, there's everyone always tries to, I don't even know who the people are who are complaining about it, like, I don't, I don't know, I I just, I guess I don't get the outrage behind it, like, why does it matter, like, it's a goddamn kids movie, they don't need a sex icon in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is America, sex is bad. Yeah, I guess. Only the actual actually having sex is bad, but sexualizing things is not. But that's
0: that's pretty much all I got to say about that. It's it's weird. I don't, (laughs) I I think inherently they can't unsexualize Lola, but you know, God bless them for trying, I guess. I
1: like how they're doing the thing now where it's like, oh, she's got short compression shorts on undershorts. That's my favorite thing they do in anime when. That, that's how you know they aren't sexualizing a certain character because they do the <laughs> stereotypical like oh she's got just like oh main protagonist kune might see some panties and then it's like nah she's got compression shorts on under that fuck off and i'm like yes
0: yes i'm for it hayden's out here for the desexualization of anime Well, okay, I watch enough to where it's just like, you know
1: what, I don't need in every anime that I watch them over-sexualizing a middle school protagonist. I don't need that. I don't need it. I'm actually completely okay with that, not having to put myself through that. So when they have signs like that with like, yes, we're 100% not going to do this, I'm like, thank God. Now I don't have to worry about whether something I saw might be considered fucking child pornography.
0: Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just gotta let the anime ride.
1: Yeah, but again with how much I watch a lot of the times I don't (laughs) want to have to be worried about that so the main one I know of that being a thing in is um, uh, Railgun, certain scientific railgun which is part of the um, what's the main series Uh, Magical Index World where the main character wears shorts and I'm like fuck yeah let's go she's also just a badass character so yeah let's not try to sexualize a middle school child Please, please, <laughs> Japan, and they don't. And I'm like, "Fuck yes, this is the kind of
0: content I need."
1: Normal middle schoolers with superpowers.
0: <laughs> with superpowers. Uh, speaking of which, so Devil's a Part Timer got announced for a second season. Yeah? It's
1: been eighty-four years.
0: <laughs> I I have not seen the original Devil's a Part Timer, though I've I've had it recommended to me several times. It's very. It good. looks like uh they're getting a different art style. Yes. Well, it's probably a
1: different studio. And whenever a different studio does it... Because I actually haven't seen who's actually adapting it. um, But whenever they get a new studio, the art style almost always changes at least a little bit. Uh, A very prominent one for that, (laughs) going back to um, sexualizing anime characters, is High School DXD. Uh, The first three seasons of that were one studio, and then it switched. And it went way different. It went kind of the kind of a difference between what Devil is a Part-timer looks like it's going to be where the first ones were very like rigid lines and or sharp lines, very pointed facial features and hair and then it went very like kawaii and it's like oh yeah, okay. Um but yeah, the the new art style looks it's definitely different, but I'm I'm really excited to see it get a second season after 8 years. <laughs>
0: Yeah, which you know that that means uh, no show is ever off the table for a season two. Yeah, Look at no, no game, g- no life. Yes, no
1: game, no life. Fans, it, you're, they're trying to give you hope. I know you don't want to hear it because that's the last thing you want is to be given hope. But there is a chance if this, I because I think Devil's a Part Time came out a little bit before No Game No Life did. Uh, I believe it was like a year. Between the two, let's see, that's just going to give me info on the goddamn White Novel. (laughs) Um, So if I go to the My Anime List page, it didn't take me to the, the, okay,
0: awesome. You know what, so I'm going to look this up. Welcome to the Hayden wrestles with My Anime List podcast. You banter for a minute. (laughs) Uh, That also, I I hope that that could also mean that eventually I still get my Kaiju Season 3. Unfortunately, it's been a decade since that aired. Yeah, but I, I guess nothing, I nothing out. is ever off the table. That being said, uh, Daft Punk was also silent for eight years, and now they're gone. I know it's you, you're you'll
1: you'll be. It was okay. It was literally a year after. We're gonna just curtail the Daft Punk talk <laughs> till later. Uh, <laughs> it was literally a year. Um, uh, no game no life came out a year after. Devil's a part timer, so that means confirmed next year. No game no life season two. <laughs> yeah, is that is that what that means? You
0: heard it here first on the Healthy Obsession podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing's ever off the table. Um, I I don't think there was any indication that this was happening. It was kind of an out of nowhere announcement.
1: Yeah, I I hadn't heard anything about it. It's it's very interesting because so this is one, and as we said, no game, no life is two. I'm trying to think of other like of other another show that the overall fan base of is just like when are we getting that se- are we ever getting a season 2 or another season and i don't really know what that would be at this point because strangely enough they have just been going back and giving old shows another season like um this season uh oh no oh no my brain it's uh the show but that's basically wow the anime <laughs> Hold on, I'm scrolling. My brain... Uh, Log Horizon, Jesus. Log Horizon uh, got season three after, like, five-plus years. So... And I think
0: the, the meme, like, the the shows that they lumped with No Game, No Life as far as needing another season, they pretty much all got their second season except No Game, No Life. Yeah. They're, thereby elevating the No Game, No Life meme. And to be fair, like, No Game, No Life other over any other show
1: is the top one that people have been clamoring for another season in. Like, I know a lot of people who watched that was a part-timer wished that it had gotten another season, but they weren't like, oh, God, man, you know, we need another season of it. Unlike
0: No Game, No Life, where everyone was just, like, seething. Oh, my God, we need it. (laughs) Yeah which I, I haven't seen no game no life so i don't even know like the uh, story wise if a second season seems necessary or not but the people I, want it so
1: i hope they get it it's more a world where it just could like the whole idea of it is, is they're trying to be the the god of the world is like the game master and they need to i think it's been a while since i've seen it but the the sibling duo needs to win enough games to and then beat the game the the god in order to like win the world slash go home. I don't remember exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm doing a great job of appealing to the No Game No Life fans right now.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> so do they beat the Game Master? Uh, I, they, they do something where they... I think the last episode or the last like game they play in the season, it's like, oh, if you lose, you die. Maybe. I don't remember. Uh, But they don't lose. And I think they kind of beat are going to beat him. And then he goes, JK, we're not actually gonna continue this because i don't want to lose something i don't know it's been five six years since i've seen that show so i'm gonna i'm gonna literally stop talking about it since (laughs) i clearly don't remember
0: (laughs) so something you should more easily remember uh this critical beta site thing that's happening yes it's It's, very exciting this this is really interesting for a number of reasons uh a at least as far as the Beta site goes. I I don't know what this means for further rollout, but at least right now it's only for U.S. members. Mm, interesting. So the site is only available in the United States. But I think the more interesting thing here, as we talked about quite a few weeks ago in the podcast, now uh, Crunchyroll got acquired by Sony, which does also currently own Funimation. And mm-hmm. I think at the time we were all worried that they were going to essentially drop Crunchyroll and probably roll its catalog into Funimation, or something similar. In some way, I was worried the Crunchyroll would cease to exist under Sony. But, if they're going through with this beta launch, which the, the site they're making looks very good, it looks very modern, it's a much-needed upgrade, um, I would hope that that indicates that Crunchyroll going under is not something that's going to happen under Sony, But then also, I don't think that deal is necessarily finalized. So, anything can happen, but I hope this means Crunchyroll is here to stay. Well, it wouldn't really make sense for everything to go to
1: Funimation, in my opinion, because I'm pretty sure Crunchyroll has way more users than what Funimation does. True. So, if anything, from an anime streaming side of things, it would make more sense for it to go to Crunchyroll if they were going to pick that. Because at the end of the day, it won't make sense for the each site to have a different library if they're owned by the same parent company, at least to me. I, I mean, that'd be a really shitty move for Sony to do, Make you make you buy two separate streaming services that they both own. Like, okay, fuck you. Yeah, um, I agree.
0: Plus, that's just splitting the market under your own company. Yeah, and I think as far as anime streaming goes, I think Crunchyroll has the much stronger brand. Well, yeah, and as we've uh, as we've said, just the overall the player in Crunchyroll actually works,
1: um, so it's cl- <laughs> it's leaps and bounds better than Funimation's. But I don't know what all you've seen of the new site design, but because um, I can't, I don't know how to. I, I guess they're selecting people randomly, because um, I don't, I haven't been able to find out how to view it myself. But uh, Casey, who's been on the podcast before, has access to it, and he's streaming it. Uh, he he was just sharing a screen for me yesterday, so I could see it. And yeah, it, it's very much like how Funimation looks on their homepage now, which is a much-needed update for Crunchyroll. But one thing I liked is that they have a... Uh, you know, like how on Netflix, they have like categories of, because you watched this... Um, new this season or like new shows, but also had uh, Crunchyroll Anime Awards winners. So if it was a show that won a Crunchyroll Anime Award, they had a category that was just all the shows that are on Crunchyroll that won one of the awards,
0: which I'm like, oh, see, yeah, stuff like that's great. Yeah, I I always love seeing stuff like that. Um, they posted an article on the 2nd that shows just a few screenshots from the beta website and okay. shows off some of the features like uh, their curated collections. You can, make your, you can make a bunch of different lists of shows now. Uh, and it, it basically just looks like it's got the modern aesthetics of Funimation or any other streaming platform. But with the catalog of Crunchyroll, and really, that's all we want, right? Because yeah. Crunchyroll still looks like a website designed in 2010. Oh, yeah. It looks like it's a decade old, for sure. But it actually works, so it's got that over on Funimation. Yeah. I just and, you want know, them if, to uh, fix
1: the queue system, because I hate that they went away from being able to just order this stuff, order the shows how you wanted. That's how it used to be on Crunchyroll, and they went away from that, and I'm like, Why? Like <laughs> normally I get it cuz like people I think who watch like when you're on Netflix you just want it on your queue cuz you might watch it but there's like I think I view it differently with anime and it might just be me but like I hear about a show oh I think I might want to watch that add it to my queue so like my queue's got like 50 fucking shows in it um I would like to rank the order them in order of oh I'm going I want to watch this show sooner than this show so I put it higher on my queue, so I see it earlier. Um, but they went away from that, and
0: I I would really like them to go back to that because I miss it. And if we're reading into the subtext here, it, this is entirely speculation, but I I would like to believe that maybe this is even gearing up for Crunchyroll's new place in the streaming world, where maybe they're getting some resources from Funimation to help upgrade their website a bit, mm-hmm. and uh, this will be a bit of a rebirthing for Crunchyroll, but I think that's pretty high hopes. Yeah, very true. But one can dream, because I want Crunchyroll to stay on top. I like Crunchyroll as a brand, I like what it represents, and I don't want it to go under because of corporate greed.
1: Yeah. I I think that's a
0: sentiment everyone can get behind. Just from their uh, figure and merch lines, it's
1: I'd say just from that, it has to be a higher revenue driver than Funimation, because... I don't think Funimation, their shop doesn't really have, I think they have figures, but they're mostly Funko Pops and then
0: selling Blu-rays of shows. That's well, yeah, historically, Funimation's been the distribution powerhouse of the West, including DVD and Blu-ray sales. So I, I think it only makes sense that if they want to combine them into like one anime branch, put Funimation back in its merchandising corner and let Crunchyroll run the streaming side.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it'll, we will, only time will tell on how it will shape out. But, um, oh, and also, I mean, dubbing anime. Left Funimation still a dub anime, of course. Yes, because, I mean, Crunchyroll started running the dubs, but I don't know if they're dubbing it themselves or they're just
0: using the Funimation dub. I think for the most part, they use the Funimation dub, except Crunchyroll did in house do the dubs for Konosuba which are some mm, of the okay. best English dubs I have ever heard. Okay, okay.
1: I didn't know that they did those
0: in-house. Yeah, uh, for both seasons and the movie. Oh, okay. Well, I Very mean, yes, that would dubs. make sense, but, yeah, awesome. So, I, yeah, I, I hope if uh, if they go forward with that, then <laughs> they can give Funimation some tips there, because I think uh, the Kotosuba dubs were better than even a few Funimation dubs. Hmm. Even I don't though watch Funimation has... Even though Funimation has Chris Sabat on a leash to do one voice per series, <laughs> yes, he my the man is always busy. So the uh, one of the big things, speaking of streaming services, the big thing we want to talk about this week is One Division finally ended after ten episodes. Yes, and uh, this this is officially kicking off the year of Marvel, which we can only hope is the decade of Marvel wherein every single week we have content drops happening. There is not a break ever anymore. <laughs> oh, God. When you say it out loud, it's like, oh, Jesus, here we go. Because division ended this week. Next, we're going to have a behind-the-scenes featurette, and then after that, we are right into Falcon and Winter Soldier.
1: Oh, geez. I was actually trying to look that up I, to find an updated uh, release schedule, and all I found was, like, the one from last year, and I was like, well... That's not really applicable anymore because everything (laughs) got messed up because of COVID. Um, Right. But, so I I was kind of looking at that because I knew it was about to get, because you've said to me before, and I think on the podcast,
0: it's just like, oh yeah, shit's about to get wild. So one division I feel like, ended on a very strong note. Uh, Although for a lot of people, it fell kind of flat. How did you feel about the finale? I
1: thought it was just... A solid ending. I mean, it ended like a Marvel movie. So, I was like, "Yeah, I get it." Um, I
0: saw. And you a lot weren't of, you weren't disappointed by that after the rest of the series not being a Marvel movie?
1: No, I, w- I wouldn't say disappointed. I was just like, "Yeah, okay." I mean, this is yeah. I I honestly after la- last week's episode, I was like, "I don't really know what they're gonna do to end this other than how they would end a movie," and then that's what they did, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, okay, that makes sense." <laughs> But I know I saw a lot of people, I I saw some stuff on on Twitter of people just being like, oh my god, it was so great, oh god, I cried, and I was like, wait, what, huh?
0: I thought it was good, (laughs)
1: but I don't know. I I was like, it it
0: was making me question, I was like, am I just like a dick? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there were some tender moments, but I don't think there was anything overtly cry-worthy. I think a lot of this has to do with perspective. If you can relate to Wanda's character, I imagine this would hit a lot harder. Yeah. Which I mean, obviously, neither neither of us can. Yeah, for several reasons, I have not had to go through that sort of crazy ass trauma. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it, yeah, it it did end kind of strong with uh, big action set pieces that was more akin to what we think is happening in the Marvel universe, but it still had very very strong moments that only these characters could really pull off. Mm, uh, yes. And, like, I, I want to talk about the series overall as a whole, but this finale for me was, uh, like I said, I think the finale was fantastic, uh, particularly any time that both visions were on screen. Mm, I think yes, that yes. is, honest to God, some of the strongest writing Marvel has ever had. I, so, I don't know, di- I guess I missed
1: that point where, like, so the the white vision, that was a reconstructed vision, right? Or yeah. was like that the that uh sword made? Yeah. Okay. I I guess I missed the part where it was like, yeah, we made a new version of him.
0: Well, that that was the tease from the episode prior. Okay. I guess I either <laughs> didn't put that
1: together or just missed that completely. Although, I guess I when they when the finale's uh little blurb of it being like, "Oh, um, this is what happened last week, and it was like, uh, uh, what's it, Quicksilver being like, oh, you're not supposed to be there. I was like, I, I, don't, I
0: don't remember that scene happening at all. <laughs> so <laughs> I might have just like, missed some stuff. Yeah, it sounds like you didn't catch either of the teases. Yeah, yeah. You, you've ruined the pacing for yourself. Well, uh, then it was like, oh, yeah, we're right back to where it was. And I was like, yeah, this is what I remember. I just, the two teases, I guess I completely missed, so <laughs> that, was, that was weird. Uh, but I love Paul Bettany, and I love Elizabeth Olsen now. This yes. whole series gave both their characters the Thor Ragnarok treatment, and I can't wait to see more of both of them. I, I'm i really, really glad they found a way to keep Vision in the universe without being too hokey about it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I was curious about because that's the thing, the biggest takeaway of the show, at least to me, from the, from the characters we dealt with. It was like, damn. I really don't want this character to just be gone from the MCU. I want them I want Vision to be able to still show up at some point and just we know that he's there. And technically, yeah, he'll be around. It's not necessarily the exact same Vision that we would know because it's like just because you can remember everything doesn't mean you yourself experienced it. And so I think that will be an interesting thing that they can write around of does this new vision go back to being exactly like the vision we knew from the
0: in game arc, or is it like a somewhat new personality? Right. And who knows in the grand scheme, when we'll even see this new vision again. Yeah. Cause he just kind of like fucked off and I was like, Oh, okay. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. Cause there are other characters that we haven't seen for several, several years. Um, I mean, this one's a little little easy, it's not exactly the same scenario, but Pietro, we haven't seen him technically since Age of Ultron, and then he shows up here. Uh, Darcy, we haven't seen since Thor the Dark World, and now she's here. Wait, okay, Uh, who is that? Because I haven't seen Dark World. uh, Darcy was part of the science crew that was researching uh, Asgard. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And she was she was also in Thor one, but yes. either way, a throwaway character that suddenly came back years later, um, Jimmy Woo, otherwise an Ant Man and the Wasp character, was now a starring role in this series. He was awesome. He, he was he was one of the best parts of the whole show. Absolutely. And I want to point out that like whoever is writing WandaVision, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's like any different writing staff than normal, but god damn, they got some they got some good lines in the show. Oh, yeah, the, the one about love. Oh. Yeah, oh. and Vision got all the good lines. Yeah. Like, three, was, oh. three, three good lines from Vision was, uh, what is grief if not love persevering? Ugh, oh, it hits.
1: It That hits, and you don't even have to, like, have experienced bad grief
0: um, to, like, fully appreciate the context of that one. Another one was... Um, Oh my god I just I just had it uh, I mean, e- either way, the one from the last episode was I have been a voice with no body, a body but not quite human and now a memory but not real. who knows what else I could be Damn F- fucking amazing <laughs> yeah they, oh and uh, and the other one was uh something isn't beautiful because it lasts mm yes I I remember that one yeah, yeah. oh yes, good stuff. Incredibly quote-worthy, incredibly deep and beautiful, and only something that could be delivered by, A, a character like Vision, and B, an actor like Paul Bettany. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible pathos the man brings to this character.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't think anyone—it's just one of those things like, yeah, I couldn't imagine anybody else playing this character at this point. Like, he will always be Vision.
0: Yeah, um, honestly, at this point, he has cemented himself so much as Vision in the same way that I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. has become Iron Man and Chris Evans has become Captain America. Yeah. I, I really hope going forward the other shows are able to pull off that same kind of energy because I think these longer told stories are exactly what we need to get more invested in these characters.
1: Yeah, because I didn't really... I, honestly, I didn't really care for Vision or Wanda like, at all. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I want to leave – there's some definitely some stuff I want to talk about with the two teases at the end, but we can leave that for a little bit later because I I think we should – I still have – just i I'm more just putting that out there. I definitely want to – not that we were going to skip over the teases because I think they're very interesting and kind of important about where the rest of the shows we're going to – shows and movies we're going to see are going to go. Um, but there's the tease to hang on for a little bit until we get into that because I – I think I'm curious what you think about some of that as well. But um I was talking to I think Nick recently or uh, this week at the end of the week talking about WandaVision. It might not have been him, but someone and they had like the same <laughs> they didn't get, they couldn't get into it when they started. They was like I didn't really like the first two episodes and I was like okay, hold on because that was the exact same as we discussed previously.
0: I had that Which is same. still baffling to me. I, I don't understand how people couldn't be locked in.
1: Because it was just like, I,
0: I think he had said something along the lines of, it, it
1: just, I couldn't, it seemed like, I think he used the word pretentious, and I was like, okay, well, I wouldn't go that far. But um, <laughs> Man doesn't know what he's talking about. But yeah, but I was just like, it just didn't draw me in, is really all it was. I didn't think it was bad, I just it didn't draw me in. So I was like, yeah, get to the point where you find out what's going on in the world and then you're just – you're in. You're locked in. That's when – because that's what it was for me. I think – was that episode three when they were like post-snap stuff? Uh, It might have been four. Okay. Well, it was, it, was three or, it was three or four where I was like, oh, no, nah, dude, I'm in. I'm locked in. And, I, I mean, it really didn't disappoint the rest of the way. I, I thought it was very good world-building. I kind of wish we would have gotten a little bit more just general knowledge about magic than what we got. We got more than what we had, but I would I would have liked a little bit more. Because still, the magic still seems like it's just like, yeah, it's a thing. You, people can do
0: magic. Crazy, right? Right. And I think a lot of that will be saved for Doctor Strange 2. But- yeah. I, I like that uh, this does finally bring Wanda up to speed on where she's supposed to be. And also lays the groundwork for mutants to be in the MCU, I think. Because in general, if they want to run with the same kind of thread, um, it, it might be a bit of a retcon at this point. But they show in one of the later episodes how Wanda got her powers uh, mm-hmm. by interaction via the Mind Stone and they point out that Wanda already had latent abilities that the Mind Stone simply unlocked for her. So it would stand to reason Wanda typically is a mutant, so anyone else in the world could have those latent powers, which, as people have been speculating, those powers could be starting to be unlocked via all the cosmic energy of the snaps from the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, so, like, you
1: could do, like, a... a a equivalent of a new mutants, but it's like every everyone just awakening to the powers that the mutants would have had.
0: Yeah, so that way you've always had mutants in the world, but now you have an elegant way to introduce why they weren't a thing prior. Oh, and then you could even do some, like,
1: uh, X-Men first class kind of shit, but now today, of, like, you know, Charles Xavier figuring out how to use his mind powers right now. Like, as he's getting them, that could be interesting.
0: And that being said, like, we pretty much know what all the Marvel properties are going to be for the next handful of years outward, and they don't have any X-Men plans in the works. Um, And you could chalk that up to only recently acquiring the rights, but they do already have a Fantastic Four movie in the works. I think, generally, they're, they're putting that aside when they want to bring in mutants down the line they have the ability to but they've got a lot of other stories right now they want to tell that are more applicable
1: you know what i bet happens by the end of uh, what what is the official terminology for this phase of uh, marvel that we're in i don't think they're doing phases anymore so it's I, think, just I think it's post, just the mcu now <laughs> so just post in game marvel post mm-hmm. phase 4 cuz that was phase 4 right yes So post phase 4 I bet, um, at some point, and it probably won't happen until, like, late, whatever comes out later, yeah, whatever comes out later, 2022, um, and after that, we're gonna start seeing X-Men just show up.
0: Yeah. Make appearances. uh, Infinity War was the end of phase three. Phase
1: three. Okay, so phase four, if you count that, this is phase four. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah so with the phase four stuff yeah I definitely I, I will be interested to see like does Wolverine show up in something just make an appearance maybe not even be a main character in it but like you see him in a scene and you're like, oh shit look there he is
0: yeah and it's going to be especially weird when they start doing Deadpool movies. Mm -hmm. Um, whether or not Deadpool is going to be properly canon within the MCU but his whole cast of characters are all mutants and at least as far as Deadpool 1 and 2 go which they very could easily retcon Deadpool 1 and 2 and it would still work perfectly fine for the character Um, but the Xavier School and mutants in general are a very big part of Deadpool's storyline so can you do that justice without that or is that going to help introduce them it's all a mystery it's all big up in the air yeah, and I, I mean, I'm all for
1: I'm all for any of that, really, because I think I don't know how much we've talked about it. I think we have a little bit, but I, I, I we just we need the mutants officially like announced that they are in it officially, because I don't think it has been official, has it? But they're no, like X Men yeah, are man. in it, like they just I, I like I said, you don't even need to show them for a while, but in one of these properties, just like reference, uh. Xavier's school for whatever the hell it's called. Just like,
0: show it on a piece of paper, so we're like, oh shit, it's, it's real. It's it's confirmed. Like
1: yeah. Until this point, give me
0: that. they had referred to people like Wanda as meta-humans. Mm, okay. They, they they were very careful about not using the M-word. <laughs> yeah, I can understand why. They'd probably maybe get sued. I don't know. I don't know if you yeah. can do that. Uh, so, some specific things I want to hit on, as far as, you know, like, I'm, I'm speaking high praise for the show, but I do have some issues with it, Yeah. um, in regards to its writing that I, I, I don't know, I've had some people try to talk me down from, but I think even if they're right about it, I, I still think it's just kind of sloppy writing, um, so two things was, like, uh, very, very early in the show, I want to say it was episode two, there was a moment where... Wanda was talking with Dottie, it was about the talent show, and the whole neighborhood very weirdly drones for the children. And that seemed to be a big plot point that was never really talked about or resolved in a big way. Which, you know, we know now that the children were kind of a big thing. Uh, Vision later pointed out that he's never seen any children. At the end of the episode, the talents people were like, please let our kids out of our rooms, uh, so, I mean, there was a resolution to the idea of For the Children, but the delivery in that episode was one of the bigger hints about something bigger and weirder going on, and I feel like that moment was made bigger than it was written to be later, you know? Yeah, because honestly,
1: until you said that, when like, you had said the For the Children thing, and I thought of something completely different, um, I completely forgot that, that that scene you just said happened, <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, they did not do a good job of keeping that
0: as important as it did seem to be. And then in that one episode when Vision's like, why don't I ever see any children? And then literally the next episode, they do the Halloween thing and there's kids everywhere. Like, that's that's obviously a response to that, but they kind of glossed over it. They didn't make a thing out of it as they seemed to be writing a thing about it. And that itself, I don't think... That's kind of a nitpick. I'm not going to hold that against them. My bigger problem is how much emphasis they put on Monica's phone calls to her aerospace engineer guy, and they never revealed that. And if they want to make that a tease for later, because I'm still convinced that's going to be revealed later, that's fine. But again, the way they wrote it put so much emphasis on it that I don't think anyone can be blamed for being disappointed that it didn't have a follow-through. Oh, I thought it did. See, I interpreted that
1: differently to you. I thought that's who the uh the scroll woman was.
0: And that was the thing. Well, no, it couldn't be because she specifically said my guy. She's always referred to him as my guy. Oh, uh, okay. Well, okay. Yeah,
1: I guess that would that would not make I guess the only way I could maybe say well, maybe it still is is that like The person was a scroll that she'd clearly never seen before, so maybe she, the scroll, that her guy was a scroll, just taking up a different form.
0: But I think you, you're probably more right on that, than I am. (laughs) Like, when, like, the, the first tease was nothing. She just said, I know a, an aerospace engineer who would love this, and she calls a guy. That's fine. But then, when she gets a response, the camera zooms in on the phone, holds that shot for the phone to vibrate. She picks it up and smiles and texts back. That's very important. That's setting up something that didn't get a reveal later. And that's very frustrating. Not I, even a hint whatsoever.
1: I still think it's tied to the scroll thing.
0: Well, and and another friend of mine thought that her guy was Nick Fury. And sure, that could be, except the scroll at the end just says, there's somebody we need you to talk to, and she points to space, obviously referring to Nick Fury. I point that out, my friend says, oh, well, I think they were just being coy because it's supposed to be a tease. If that is the case, that is downright lazy writing.
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't say it was...
0: Wait, so why is Nick Fury up? Because he's in space with the scrolls. That is? was that was the tease after Captain Marvel, which came back to modern times, was Nick Fury is still in space on a scroll ship. Shit, I forgot that. <laughs> which is setting up uh his series coming later for Secret Invasion.
1: Okay. Is that what they're gonna kind of do? Is that gonna be their take on Secret Wars? No, Secret Invasion is its own thing. Oh, okay. See, I was talking to someone else about that, too, of, like, the timeline of shit that happens in, like, the comics or, like, whatever, and I was like, dude, I get so confused on what the,
0: like, order of big events are that I have no idea what's happening going forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, granted, the MCU is playing fast and loose with its timelines anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then something else that actually I was fucked up on, I was incorrect, Uh, Jimmy calls a guy... At the start of the last episode, and he says, "Cliff, I need some help. Can you be here in an hour?" I misheard that as Clint, and I thought he was calling Hawkeye. Oh, that's why you put that because I was like, Hawkeye, what,
1: what? I don't remember anything to being referenced to Hawkeye. Like, I, I was gonna ask you, like, what the hell does that mean? What do you mean by that?
0: Yeah. So Cliff is obviously a tease for something later, otherwise they wouldn't have bothered to call anyone by name. Yeah. Um, I for have sure. read that maybe that's a hint at something to do later with secret wars or a secret invasion. Um, mm. I, I'm not too deep in the Marvel lore. I can't speculate myself, but like, that's enough to keep speculation going. That would have been enough for whoever Monica's guy is. Give us something, give us a name, give us something to talk about. I, instead, they just left that as a dangling open end. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But those, I, th- those just things that I think are kind of small shortcomings. Overall, the series is still very good. Um, Jimmy Woo was a fucking standout performance for the whole show. (laughs) So good. When, when, when he's in the barn in the last episode and he undoes the handcuffs and he goes flourish. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking amazing.
1: Yeah. I was going to say the only other things I really wanted to talk about in general about the show were more of the ending stuff, but we already kind of talked about the scroll part. I don't know if you had any other thoughts on that. Um, Cause if not, the,
0: I, so I haven't, oh, yeah, and actually, so, so uh, I'm sorry. Let, let me, let me do some, something else to roll into this. Okay. Um, there, there's a lot of talk online about people complaining about people complaining about reveals not happening. And I know that I'm kind of doing the same thing here, but to, I, I think a less butthurt extent yeah. where like people are really upset that Mephisto didn't get revealed. We didn't see nightmare. We didn't see Dr. Strange. Um, I, I don't think people are getting too mad about that. If they are, they're outliers and they need to chill. Um, But I think the speculation and the hype about the MCU for these kinds of reveals is its driving force. And I say that as somebody who really, really likes media, really likes movies, really likes video games, I am a hype monster. The hype is fun. Being invested is fun. And the speculation is half of the fun of watching these shows. So I think no no one is really disappointed that it didn't work out one way because we still got a very good show. And I want to point out that as much as I believed Doctor Strange was going to show up at the end for a tease, and I I think that what we got is just as good as Doctor Strange showing up because it is still a direct Doctor Strange reference and it is still rolling right into Doctor Strange 2. Yeah, and... And, uh, and by that, the- I'm referring to the other tease after the scroll.
1: Yeah, and part of it too is everyone always was like, "Oh, I want it'll be so cool if this is it." But like, it's almost never that. And anything, anything that people <laughs> are speculating on what it might be, like you know how boring it would be is if every time you got to the end of a Marvel property, and if you're on the internet, you would be like, "Oh, I bet it's gonna be this, this." Like the the primary theories are that's what happened every time. You'd be like, "Well, they're just." not great writers because they're just taking what they're seeing on the internet and doing that because it's like (laughs) you know like part of it is part of the excitement is it not being what you thought and being oh okay well I thought this but it's something else so that could mean this completely different thing or to your point like oh they could still bring in what we thought it's just not a direct
0: tease right now kind of thing so the second tease we got instead of Dr. Stephen Strange showing up and talking with Wanda, we instead see Wanda as the Scarlet Witch doing the Doctor Strange thing of astral traje- projecting while studying the Darkhold. Uh, and even more than that, they play the Doctor Strange theme song over her studying.
1: Did you also now? And I haven't gone back and watched this, but did you also just be like, "Oh my God, they're doing the Hulk thing"? Because no, what? to me, that was almost it felt like, and I, I haven't looked it up, it felt like a one-to-one shot at the end of Hulk when Bruce Banner's just sitting in that lodge in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, you know, rural-ass mountain place, and then he opens his eyes and his eyes go green. It felt like that to me. Like, it was a throwback to that scene of, like, because in that, you know, like, that's when Bruce Banner's like, oh, he's learning how to control his power, and this seemed like, oh, she's learning how to control her power, and I, I thought that was cool. I need to go back and actually like see exactly what that tease shot looked like or I don't even know if it was a tease it might have just been the last scene of the movie but yeah. I got super
0: huge hulk vibes and I was like oh oh this is kind of badass if it was any other movie I might have your back on that but I think Disney is trying to forget the hulk ever happened fair actually you know what as I'm far as the movie goes the the movie is not canon anymore but, I mean, otherwise, yeah, that, that is pretty much exactly what was happening. And I think it's cool that, as an audience, we've known how powerful Scarlet Witch is. Just, A, because of what she's done in the movies, and B, what we know about the comic books. And they finally made direct references to how powerful she can be. Especially now that she's learning exactly what her powers are, and has the means to learn how to control them. Because, again, even though we didn't get Doctor Strange showing up, You know, Agatha called out in the last episode that the Scarlet Witch, as a property, is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. Like, both titles that, in history, this one is even more powerful than that one. And to hear that from a character is very cool. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. So, I mean, now we're, we're like, confirmed that the strongest entities in the MCU as we always knew but as i think we'll we'll see more going forward we've got captain marvel probably still at the top then scarlet witch then doctor strange some some very heavy hitters that wanda is now properly joining as somebody who understands her powers and that's that's a very scary concept
1: yeah 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 yes yes i'm going to stop saying yes now <laughs>
0: uh so were were there like particular things you liked about the series
1: i just I I'm that basic bitch who like there wasn't uh a lot that I was like, "Oh my god, this stood out." I was just like, "Wow, this is just a really good first attempt of at them doing a TV show." I was just very entertained. You know, it kept it just had the vibe of the movies but in a TV show format, and it was just very entertaining, and I'm now I mean, I I think I said back when we talked about this earlier before it even started, I had like no expectations. I didn't really care about the show much at all before it started, but I was going to watch it just cause I was curious one with it being the first thing and two, just because we haven't had any Marvel in a while. So it's like I had started to get burnout. Um, and so it's been a while mostly cause of the pandemic since we've had anything. But um, I, I was just like, Oh yeah, good old Marvel. They still got it. And boy, it's still good.
0: Yeah. And that you said it was still the movie vibes. Uh, I think that Falcon and Winter Soldier will be even more that, which has yeah. me simultaneously excited and worried. That One Division was so unique of a concept that they're never going to do anything like One Division again. But there was a lot of particular energy here that felt inherently more creative and interesting than anything they've done before. And I hope that that's a product of the writers they have and the new format they're doing rather than the concept. Because Falcon and Winter Soldier and probably even Hawkeye looks a lot more like what your typical Marvel Cinematic Experience is. And I hope that that kind of energy can still cross over. I really want to believe Falcon and Winter Soldier will do the same things for those characters as One Division did for these characters. Mm, Yeah. But again, that it's it's a worrying and exciting thing, because I'm always excited to see what they're going to do next. I just, I don't know if they'll pull it off, but that's part of the excitement.
1: Yeah. Very true.
0: And, and then just one other thing, so like, we've got the behind-the-scenes thing coming next week before that new show kicks off. I love behind-the-scenes stuff. I don't know about you, but I eat that shit up. <laughs> yeah. And Uh, I hope that we can look to what they did for The Mandalorian as a a go-to for what this could look like. Because the -the behind-the-scenes featurettes looks like a thing that's here to stay, not just for Marvel, but in general Disney properties. So, Mandalorian Season 1, they did, like, a whole docu-series about, which makes sense because it was their first Disney Plus original title. But then for Season 2, they just did one single featurette that was 70 minutes long. Wow. I am very much hoping that whatever we get next week will be of similar length because I really want to dive in on that. And, and okay. that's something that I feel like in general is missing from streaming services that I, I I hope starts to make a bit of a comeback is we don't get special features anymore. Very true.
1: They're just like from that are generally more of a behind the scenes or like the making of kind of thing.
0: Yeah, because that, that's a thing that's that still seems to be reserved for the home video release. Like, behind-the-scenes yeah. featurettes, deleted scenes, director's commentary. Why does every Netflix movie not drop with a director's commentary audio track?
1: Yeah, like, well, yeah, because I was going to say, at least, like, once it's over, but then, like, wait, no, it's it's Netflix. They, they release everything at once. At least, I, if they were going to do that, I'd kind of actually hope they would release that later, just so you have time to take it all in before... Just because I don't know, maybe that's just me I because like I'm never going to watch something like that before, but I guess it wouldn't matter when it got released because you could just watch it whenever.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think doing it after works for Disney right now since they're releasing on a weekly schedule when they drop something, it's a big event, whereas Netflix is just kind of dropping movies left and right. Yeah, so it, <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't really make much sense to make a big deal out of a separate drop unless it was like a, a Stranger Things property, something that size where mm. it is kind of an event that everyone gets behind. Well, that was one thing, too, that I'd always wondered, and I guess you you
1: can, but, like, um, I, because I, I think
0: Netflix sells some of their shows on
1: Blu-ray, DVD, I think.
0: Yeah, some of them do get home releases. But there's not a lot of them. Um, I mean, I know specifically I've seen Blu-rays of Stranger Things, for instance.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know that has. But that's one of the few, honestly, I think I've seen. Like, I, the only other one that I think would be up there and that'd be popular enough would be The Crown, but yeah. I don't and know i, if I I've wanna seen say that.
0: I might have even seen Orange is the New Black. Mm, yeah, that would have been one, yeah. Which, I mean, that's like all old guard Netflix stuff too, when they could yeah. have just been feeling it out and seeing like, is there a market for this? Should we just keep it on Netflix? What would we doing? Because like I, on the movie side, I
1: don't know if I've the, the only movies that I would initially think of would be um, uh, whatever the Scorsese one is that all of a sudden I can't remember the name of. The Irishman. The Irishman, uh, Roma, maybe. Like, some of those oscar e ones. Right. Um, I don't remember ever seeing those at, like, Target, as right. you could buy the Blu-ray for. So, yeah. Got, I think On that that's note, part yeah.
0: Stuff that, like, and yeah, maybe that'd be the thing, is, like, the stuff that breaks the mold, and maybe even the stuff that gets nominated for awards. Then release director's commentary on those. Get them back. Do a commentary on Mank, please.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because like I feel like it'd be hard, I'd be hard pressed to have Scorsese to not have something like that for The Irishman. Because it's Scorsese, like that just seems like something he would want to do. Mm-hmm. But maybe he's not. I don't know. I don't. I don't own enough of his movies and to be able to
0: go and see if there's director's commentary on all of them. <laughs> yeah. So I like that Disney's doing the behind the scenes thing, and I'm I'm actually very much looking forward to it. And I think. For the people that don't care that much, it's good to have the small break in between. For the people that do care that much, you you it's it's Marvel all the time, baby.
1: Oh yeah, it's not it's never gonna stop. Like it's it's actually just never gonna stop.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's one division. Uh, we'll probably do another thing like this after Falcon and Winter Soldier, unless it's a dud.
1: Yeah. But... Or. And... We might do like what we did similar. Well, that's one thing we could touch on because they kind of nixed our hype um, that we had when we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Of like, oh my god, they could bring anybody back. Like, actually, no, we we actually haven't talked about. Oh, you talked about it. Never mind. But uh, I was kind of spaced out trying to figure out find the damn clip of the Hulk movie when you were talking about the Wanda stuff <laughs> at the end. So uh, <laughs> I apologize and. Kind of don't remember half of what you said. Did you say anything about the voices? Uh, no, I did not. So that to me was, oh my god, she's trying to figure out how to make her kids real.
0: Yeah, it it could be anything
1: because the voices sound like her kids, and I was like, holy shit, she's trying to figure out how to bring materialize something to being real. Which then I am like, okay, well then anybody could be brought back, kind of thing.
0: Yeah. yeah, it could either be her trying to create them again. Or as we've been thinking from the beginning, she could be trying to pull them from another dimension. Uh it's it's a true tease. It could be fucking anything. Did Which um, uh
1: oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh did did the what happened to all the infinity stones at the end of in game?
0: Uh Cap took them back to their proper timelines. Gotcha. So And I think uh Okay. Like in the current timeline they got destroyed. Okay. Got it. Oh, so, yeah. So that's there are no more to... Infinity Stones.
1: In their timeline. Yeah. That's not to say that Scarlet Witch could not materialize them. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Potentially. Okay. Um, uh, okay. And
0: that's, that's one other thing that actually I, I kind of forgot to talk about is uh, we did kind of get a slap in the face on the Pietro situation. Yeah, that's what Where I was kind of hinting at. They they drove so much hype about Evan Peters being Quicksilver, and there was a lot of speculation on, is it multiverse? Is it this? Is it that? And then it just, it kind of turns out that he's just either a resident of Westview that Agatha had recruited to be Quicksilver, or uh, Monica found, like, the dude's headshot in his attic, and I kind of like to believe that Agatha held auditions for a guy to be Quicksilver.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, the I was like, that was actually kind of cheeky, the way that they handled it, and I was, I was okay with that. Yeah, so... They, they bamboozled us, but I was okay with it.
0: So, until Doctor Strange, all the multiverse stuff is still entirely speculation, and otherwise, Evan Peters being there was just kind of a funny throw to the fans, which pissed off a lot of people, but I'm with you, I just think in the end it's kind of funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so... Yeah, I don't really have anything else on it. It's really good. If you're into Marvel stuff, watch it. I think you'll like it. Uh, If you're trying to determine whether you want to jump into the giant rabbit hole that is the MCU, uh, don't start with it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah no it's a shitty thing to say oh you want to get into this well you need to watch 22 movies it's like the anime thing
1: of like oh you can't watch this show until you've seen this show this show and this show because then you'll truly appreciate some of the stuff that's going on here no it's like i mean you could watch it it's i think standalone it's a fine show you won't get half of the stuff that's being referenced but I still think you could enjoy the show not having seen anything else Marvel
0: sure I mean I think there's something to be said for the JoJo's argument where if you want to get into it there's not necessarily anything wrong with watching whatever the latest thing is and then if you're interested enough go back and watch from the beginning or just pick and choose and watch what you like because the stories aren't so interconnected that you need to see everything to understand what's happening you just might not pick up on some subtleties. It's like, uh, I, I,
1: I did mild Mandalorian spoilers, but I saw a really funny meme, uh, that was just like it was the part where Ahsoka is like, Where is he? Where's General Thrawn? And then the next picture was everyone who hasn't seen <laughs> Rebels is like, Who the fuck is Admiral Thrawn? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know, right. like.
1: It's basically like the uh, the, the Mandalorian thing because like season two of Mandalorian had so many references to the wider uh, Star Wars universe and other properties that weren't just the movies that if you hadn't seen a lot of them, because like, I talked to my parents about that, like they didn't get it. They didn't get half the, the smaller references, but they fucking love it. They love the Mandalorian. So it's
0: like you can still enjoy it. You just might not pick up on some of the more subtle references. Which I think in that uh, specific situation, too, uh, that kind of just adds to the mysticism of Ahsoka's character, where in Mandalorian, she's the first Jedi we've seen in a world post-Empire and in its own way post-Jedis, where there's a a wispy mysticism, where this character has her own stuff going on that's not going to be explained right now. And all you need to know is that she has her own agenda.
1: Yeah, that she's yeah, it,
0: stopping in the middle of to take care of this baby Yoda.
1: Well, it, it did a much better job of making you like realize, oh, even like with episodes 1, 2, and 3, Jedi were around all the time, but even though we always saw Jedi— the way that the Jedi are referred to and people respond to them in the Mandalorian, that's how that was normal. Like literally coming across a Jedi would have been like uh walking down the street and seeing the President of the United States. Mm-hmm. like you're not or like the, the the ruler of any country in the world. like you're not gonna do that. Mo- mo- like the majority of people in their lives will never walk down the street and see that person. Just about their life, kind of thing, you know. It's just super rare occurrence to ever just see a Jedi, yeah. and so they handled that
0: really well. How do we get started talking about the Mandalorian? Hold <laughs> up. What, what's going on? Uh, yeah, and the last thing I want to say about that is just like if you're a if you're a literate moviegoer, and if the Ain't writers literate, not illiterate, <laughs> and and if the writers are competent. Then in a situation like that, all you need to know is this is a reference to something I don't understand, but I'm going to still understand the larger story anyway. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Because we also, I mean, like, uh, you know, to bring back to one division, that I mean, that was kind of Jimmy Woo's whole thing was he's doing close-up magic the entire time. If you haven't seen Ant Man and the Wasp, that's just a quirk about his character. If you go back and watch Ant Man and the Wasp, then you'll know that Jimmy Woo has origins trying to learn close-up magic, and it's cool to know that, but it's not necessary because otherwise he's just a funny character. Yeah. So I think uh, that'll do it for our show. We are we've gone about an hour now, which is our typical. Um, eventually, I'm going to talk about Daft Punk, uh, <laughs> but I don't think after One Division now is the time. So either I'm going to transition you now to a monologue about Daft Punk, or I will release a separate recording of that as a fucking vanity project that nobody should listen to. <laughs> I'm down for either. I approve of both. (laughs) So that's going to do it for our show this week. Thank you for listening. Uh, You can find us at Twitter at uh, Obsession underscore pod. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review. Uh, If you're listening literally anywhere else, please tell a friend and get us inside of more ears.
1: Yeah, we we like ears here.
0: I wouldn't go as far to say those words specifically in that order. But I will. But that's why I send them. <laughs> but I'll campaign for the statement regardless. <laughs> uh, so check us out next week. Thanks for listening.
1: Yep. Yeah, bye.